0: You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to life on stage.
1: In part two of our program about the rise in violent crime, Fresno, California Mayor Jerry Dyer and Columbia, South Carolina Mayor Steve Benjamin joined the Post to address the possible causes behind the spike, strategies to keep their communities safe, what has worked in their own cities, and the challenges of policing during a pandemic. Let's listen. Good morning and welcome to Washington Post Live. I'm Tom Jackman criminal justice reporter with the Washington Post. We're speaking today with two mayors in part two of our series about the rise in violent crimes in America. Uh, Mayor Jerry Dyer of Fresno, California. He was also the city's police chief for 18 years and he is a Republican. And we have Mayor Steve Benjamin of Columbia, South Carolina, a former president of the U.S. Conference of Mayors. He is a Democrat. See how we label you both clearly before we get started. So everybody knows, where you're coming are. from
2: thank you both. we are, for mayor. joining we are mayors That's there's no no party when it comes to mayors we just got to get the job done amen all
1: right we'll keep you uh we'll hold you to that and welcome to you viewing us on washington post live uh mayor dyer let's start with you you're a cop for 40 years 18 of those as chief uh, as i mentioned and you might well agree with something that uh, houston's chief art acevedo said last week which was the problem with rising crime is not policing. So you must have been, as in your years as chief, you must have thought, God, if only I were in charge and I could change all the things that are causing crime, now you're in charge. So, uh, And you come in nationwide where there's a rise in violent crime, including in Fresno, which had a, its worst murder rate in 16 years last year. So what's contributing to the rise in Fresno, and what are your strategies for dealing with it? Well,
0: I think, uh, you know. first off, thanks for having this forum. It's unfortunate we're having to do this, but um, there is a significant increase in violent crime in America. Uh, we saw it this weekend in our city where, uh, you know, an innocent street vendor was shot and killed, uh, and a homeless person inside of a tent was shot and killed, uh, a person standing at a gas station shot and killed. So uh, it's not only real, it's recent here in Fresno and very personal. Uh, Chief Acevedo is absolutely right. It's not just a police issue, Uh, it's a systems issue. We rely on uh, the district attorney's office or California prison systems uh, or local jails for the accountability piece. So uh, policing in and of itself is important. It's important that we have accurate and timely data uh, so that we can uh, put forth good policing strategies and make sure that we're targeting or focusing on the right individuals to arrest. And uh, we're, but we also need that accountability piece. And I can tell you in in California and in Fresno uh, during this last year, during the pandemic, that our California prisons actually stopped receiving inmates into the system, which uh, meant that they had to stay within our local jails here in Fresno. And what that meant was there was overcrowding. And so when a gang member would be arrested with a gang or with a gun, which happened multiple times a day in our city, and booked into jail, they would simply be released that night or the next day, uh, only to go back out and commit a violent crime. And so that, that is part of the, the, the issue, uh, but it is important that we have uh, accurate and timely data, develop good policing strategies, that we have accountability in place uh, from our district attorney, our jails and our prisons, and also that we have community support I think one of the things that we saw this last year with all of the social unrest in America was that police officers started to feel that they weren't supported, they didn't have the freedom to go out and do their job. And so I believe it caused police officers, at least in my conversations with police chiefs across California and across the country, uh, they were a little bit more risk averse, not willing to maybe make that traffic stop that they used to make with a, a carload of individuals that were potentially gang members. And so they, um, I, I hate to use the word depolicing, but I do believe you saw police officers were much more thoughtful before they engaged in proactive policing. And proactive policing, uh, for the most part, is uh, what leads to reductions in in crime in general, specifically violent crime.
1: Well, is this going to be an ongoing problem where depolicing happens, and will that will this be a sort of a permanent uh, condition that will lead to more crime? Uh, Mayor Dyer what, what what are your thoughts will this will we slowly get back to you know proactive policing where where are we going
0: i think we already are we're we're starting to feel um, or at least see police officers feel more supported but every time we have an incident and uh, those incidents unfortunately with the presence of body worn cameras or iPhones that uh, you know capture police officers doing stupid things on video and it goes viral uh, every time one of those things happens, it sets law enforcement back in two fronts. Uh, one, it uh, it causes the profession in and of itself um, to to have a black eye, to deteriorate. Uh, but it also uh, causes a uprising in communities about the need for police reform. And when that happens, oftentimes you see police officers back away from um, perhaps doing the policing. Uh, that they know they need to do. So I believe you can do both. You can have police reform, which is needed, but we cannot take our eye off the need to keep our community safe. So they go hand in hand.
1: Mayor Benjamin, uh, we had an earlier conversation here uh, about the rise in violent crime with Chuck Wexler of the Police Executive Research Forum, who cited Columbia uh, for seeing a decline in homicides. Uh, What led to this drop and uh, what strategies uh, are Columbia using to to make a dent?
2: Well, thank you, uh, thank you for having me and Mayor Dyer. We've been on more calls lately than I think either one of us cares to be on. We've been zooming nonstop, but uh, it does underscore the fact that America's mayors are on the front line and trying to deal with this uh, this challenge across the country. We have, although we've seen a rise in um, uh, aggravated assaults and murders all across the country, and in, in Columbia, we uh, with a 24 percent decrease in murders, 11 percent. Uh, decrease in all person uh hits uh shootings um, and it's come with with precision policing uh you you have to hire good people we have an excellent police chief and and, and command staff uh, we give uh, him uh, the tools that he needs to do his job and we make sure that there's not only transparency but also accountability at the end of the day uh couldn't be agree with mayor Dyer more data um, uh, is is so important understanding obviously uh who you who 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 the the greatest perpetrators of gun crimes tend to be in your community uh, a a very small number of individuals commit the vast majority of crimes across usually a very small geographic area as well so being able to use data and to humanize that data uh, working with arm in arm with communities improving uh the uh, the communication with communities that have so have for so long tell the press and i want to be very clear um, we're, we're, we're past the point of talking about reinventing policing. We're talking about reimagined policing. I, I spent, um, uh, early part of my life as the, as a chief of the state's second largest law enforcement agency long before I, I, w- I was mayor. Uh, I am a, uh, a, a a firearms owner, I'm, I'm a gun owner, I own, own, several, uh, firearms, almost all of my city council does as well, but I will tell you that there are too many damn guns on the streets of America right now. Uh, 400 uh, million firearms for a population just north of 330 million people. We've got to do more to make sure that people understand that with the right to bear arms comes responsibilities as well. And we have to have more thoughtful, prudent uh, 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 responses uh, to how we curtail uh, firearms in the hands of people who don't deserve to have them. That is a major issue. Some of the issues I dealt with as a, as a young man. I'm sure that, that that the two of you as well. Issues that would have been resolved with a fistfight uh, now escalate to to firearms play very quickly in a lot of our communities, and that's intolerable. There is a way in which we can do it that's that's, that's very human-centered, addressing the the, the intersectoral uh, challenges that we're facing. Because I, I, I think uh, it's probably the same in Fresno and every other city across the country. Uh, some of the communities in which we see significant amounts of gunplay are also uh, communities where you have significant challenges with, with food deserts. You have significant challenges with, with, with access to high quality education, access to transportation. Uh, these issues uh, um, unearthed uh, uh, by the uh, pandemic for many of us uh, recognize that, 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 um, that the, the last year has been a, a wonderful opportunity to have an X-ray of American society. And we, and we show a lot of broken bones, but these, these bones are connected. In a number of different ways and we have to have thoughtful approaches to try and make sure that everyone has a chance to live a high quality life regardless of where you live in america
1: so you mentioned uh having too many damn guns which was a line you used in a press conference in 2019 uh and so then you got federal funding for a new crime gun unit uh has that had any impact yet and did gun purchases go up in Mm Colombia last year if you know Mm -hmm.
2: Between our new crime gun unit, um, obviously uh, active access denied, and also um, uh, uh, aggressive use of shot spotter, we've been able to take, uh, over the last year, usually about a thousand guns off the street, which is two times what we were taking off the streets just a few years ago. Now, we've been been very focused on on, on trying to do what we can to improve the quality of life of our citizens. Uh, The vast majority, 95 plus percent, maybe 99%, of people who live in these neighborhoods that are most affected by gun crime, hardworking uh, strivers working to make sure that their kids have a better life than they have. But no, that all the, the technology and, that, and that's this that's the, the greatest challenge that we face right now is that so many of us are, su- are still somewhat suspicious of technology. We've got to be able to use data in a very thoughtful way uh, to, to, to help us create great intelligence and then use that in policy making. And we've used that in Colombia, not not just with the, with the crime gun intelligence center and, and, and using Niven and shot spotter, but also pushing on the leaders have to be able to and, and willing to push new policy. We were the first city in the country after the, Las Vegas to ban the attachment of bump stocks uh, to firearms in our city. We, we we've been in the last few years all the laws old. We've been passing gun gun free school zones. Uh, we 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 we've we've worked to to ban uh, ghost guns uh, in Columbia. I'm currently being sued by our attorney general here uh, in, in South Carolina. Because we're being very active in making sure, again, that 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 with the right to bear arms comes responsibilities. Because if you're not active, then those guns wind up out into the streets of your community uh, in the hands of people who don't need them, uh, and 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 they will um, uh, cause problems uh, across the city.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about your somewhat aggressive <laughs> moves on gun control. Some would say the Post Courier said. These gun issues are one of a number of areas where Colombia often conducts itself as if it's its own state. And so, how has that worked for you? I mean, you are getting sued in that one area. What uh, are you going to try to keep uh, plowing your own way forward, uh, regardless of what the state legislature or others might say?
2: I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a lawyer as well, and I've offered um, to our legal department. They had not fully taken me up on it, but when it goes to our, our state supreme court or circuit court, I've I've uh, offered to help argue uh, the case. Oh, That's they how love strong, that when you do that. Uh, how strongly, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly? That's how strongly I, I feel about it. We've also, of course, have a red flag law as well, which just makes sense. I mean, if if someone has a history of uh, of of abusing uh, their 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 partner or or, or significant uh, under significant mental duress for a period of time, emotional duress. We ought to be more thoughtful as a society. This is the greatest and most powerful nation in the history of the world. Uh, we ought to have policies that reflect uh, the fact that this is I, I think this is amazing. I, I love my country and I, and I, and I, I think in, in this specific area, uh, the way in which we deal with violent crime in America, this is this is one of our greatest failings. And we, we I think the citizens that we represent deserve so much more. So, yes, I don't mind being strident. Uh, and my council has almost unanimously on each of the issues we pass and we have a uh, nonpartisan council. I'm elected nonpartisan. I am a Democrat. Uh, but we, we have a, a, a council that represents the, the a, a great, uh, the, 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 the left and the right and everyone in between. Uh, we've, been, uh, we've been uniform in our, in our uh, clear declarations against violent crime and, and we're not going to stop.
1: Mayor Dyer, what are your thoughts on being more aggressive about gun laws? Uh, I don't know exactly what's going on with that in Fresno and whether or not you'd be willing to, you know, take on the state uh, with more aggressive gun control.
0: Well, California has the most uh, aggressive uh, gun laws in the United States, uh, quite frankly. And uh, so um, I think, you know, the gun, the gun laws are there. Uh, it's the enforcement of those gun laws that are important, both at the state well and, and state prosecution as well as federal prosecution. That is important. Uh, But there's no question that uh, there's too many guns out there. I agree with Mayor Benjamin totally. Too many guns in the hands of the wrong people. And when you have guns in the hands of the wrong people and they come across rival gang members or there's some type of a confrontation, um, then it's too easy to pull out that firearm and shoot someone. And that's what we see daily, Uh, which is why it is important that you have that enforcement mode out there where you can take away the anonymity of some of these criminals some of the gang members that really roam around their street or the streets of of our cities who are looking for rivals to to shoot in terms of gang activity uh, or they have those firearms immediately present when there's that confrontation and then when you do arrest those uh, folks for a firearm then it's important that you meet with your state and federal prosecutors uh, to make sure that if you have a, a person that's been arrested who is a gang member, who uh, has a um, a significant violent crime history, that those cases be prosecuted at the federal level. Uh, Our federal partners, the U.S. Attorney's Office, uh, is very, very effective in sending that message that gun violence is not tolerated. Because, quite frankly, when you can uh, have somebody sentenced uh, for 15 or 20 years for gun violations uh, versus what you may get in a state, prosecution. Uh, that is the message we have to send to gang members in our community. So enforcement is key. Uh, Mayor Benjamin talked about technology. We were one of the uh, early adopters of the gunshot uh, detection system, ShotSpotter. Very effective. Uh, we have that throughout our city uh, in those areas that uh, have high concentration of gunfire. Uh, it allows our officers to respond more quickly to the, to the scene. Uh, to collect shell casings, to apprehend suspects as they're driving away, to locate victims, uh, to be able to analyze those uh, shell casings in our NIBIN system so that we can connect those to other shootings. All of that is really important. And so uh, those things are being done in Fresno and have been done for many years. And, you know, I'll tell you what, what's difficult as a mayor, what's frustrating is that when I left as the police chief of Fresno, uh, we had about a 25 year low in violent crime, shootings, uh, homicides, a- and other types of uh, violent crimes like robbery. And in a short period of time, to see that over the last 18 months change its course and to see that upward trend in violent crime is disturbing. So uh, I can tell you we have a new police chief in Fresno that is uh, getting uh, his hands around it. And uh, I look forward to, to watching those numbers continue to drop. But I can tell you one thing as the mayor of this city, it's important I get the resources to our police department. Uh, What we've seen this last year with the pandemic is um, a lack of resources, Uh, more officers that are out on quarantine because of an exposure. Uh, And we've also seen a reluctance on the part of people to want to get into law enforcement in California. And so we're carrying um, an abnormal level of vacancies in our city. Uh, that we have to address and again that comes from us as a community us as elected officials supporting our police officers out there on the front lines so that they can do their job
1: well let me ask you uh, this so mayor dyer you've been mayor for two months but you had 10 months to think about it you were elected last march what if anything has surprised you about the job uh you must have had all these years where you were thinking as chief if only i were the mayor i could I could do this, I could do that. So what has surprised you? Have there been things you wanted to do that haven't turned out to be that easy? And, you know, you've got a new police chief and the mayor just walk into the police chief's office and say, hey, do this. I mean, I think a lot of people are expecting that you, as an ex-chief, will have a lot of answers because you've been in both places. So how's it going?
0: Well, you know, one of the things I wanted to do, uh, was to separate myself a little bit from the police department, give that, um, autonomy to our, our new police chief. Uh, I did not want to be seen as a, uh, a police chief trying to be the mayor. Uh, I wanted to be seen as a, a mayor who just happened to be a police chief in his time. And so, uh, I am very engaged right now with our, our new police chief and talking about strategies that were very effective in the past. Uh, making sure that he is getting the resources. Uh, but you asked the question, what's the most difficult? I think it's the incredible expectations of city government at all levels with the limited resources that we have to be able to meet those expectations. And, uh, and that certainly holds true with crime. And so uh, we've been very effective as of late dealing with our, our homeless population uh, and, and housing the homeless and providing services and and um, dealing with that issue and beautifying our city. Uh, but you know the, the foundational thing that a mayor does in any city is keep people safe. If people do not feel safe in, in your city, uh, they're not gonna allow their children to walk to school, to go out and play in a park. Uh, they're not going to, to feel um, safe to where they would go out into a shopping center. And it can create a paralysis, so foundationally, Safety of a community has got to be number one uh, as as a mayor, regardless if you're a Republican or a Democrat, as as Mayor benjamin said, we're 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 nonpartisan. We're mayors. We represent the people, not a party. And so, but uh, I, safety has got to be our, our primary foundational principle. Um, and uh, and that's where our resources need to go as a as a city.
1: Mayor Benjamin, let's talk about that sort of relationship between mayors and police chiefs. Uh, because in the movement to reform policing, mayors may be some of the most powerful players. So how do mayors balance the competing pressures they face from city council members, police unions, activists? How do you get along with the police?
2: The mayor, Mayor Mayor Dyer, is 100% right. Uh, Safety is a prerequisite for prosperity. Uh, If you don't have a safe city, you will never have a prosperous city. He's also um, uh, 100% right that when there's gunfire or an explosion or a major uh, 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 event happening while everyone else is running in one direction, uh, men and women in uniform are running straight towards the danger. And that's something that um, uh, I I think we've lost uh, uh, because of of, of a few bad apples and some systemic issues, but a few bad apples, I think we've lost uh, the the sight of that, uh, that, that these are men and women who sworn uh, to serve and protect, who, who who work aggressively every single day. Our job needs to be as, as mayors and as policymakers to make sure, first of all, we, that we treat those men and women like the professionals that they are, that they get not only the the, the, the training, uh, but the pay and all the other ideas, that creative ideas we can come up with uh, to help make sure that they are the very best police officers they can be. We, we, we modified one of our home loan programs here in Columbia in which we give our officers now a residency bonus. Uh, so that they're walk, able to walk into a home here in Columbia uh, with a very low interest uh, loan and no down payment into a new here, new home here in the city. Again, trying to to work on that proximity issue uh, to 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 have officers policing the neighborhoods maybe in, in which they live. That takes some effort and thoughtfulness, but it does start with uh, the first first with the belief that these men and women are in, are indeed professionals who ought to be regarded as as such. We're losing that. I mean, just in the in the first. The second quarter of last year, we went from our, our first responders being the heroes of the pandemic, literally uh, uh, going from goats, the greatest of all time, to goats uh, uh, very quickly. And, and we've got to work to make sure uh, that, that, that we rebuild that sense of trust and belief in, in our law enforcement system, or else we won't have the prosperous cities that we had um, uh, pre-pandemic. I'm excited about the resources flowing to cities uh, through, uh, through the uh, American Rescue Plan. We've got to make sure that actually hits the streets and make sure, including um, um, improving law enforcement services and the very different great ideas we're seeing pop up all across the country as a how, again, we can recognize the fact that crime and violent crime is a community issue. It's not a law enforcement issue. If you dial 911, it's too late. Uh, We've got to make sure we're investing on the front end to make sure that you never have to dial 911 because the, the police are responding to your call. Uh, so there, there's, there's some major challenges, I believe, that, that policymakers have to make sure that we actually try to solve these systemic issues that have taken years to develop. Uh, so we're not going to solve them overnight, but we have to be thoughtful. We have to be innovative. We have to be iterative, knowing that everything is not going to um, uh, uh, work uh, the first time around. But we also have to make sure that we're very, we're very inclusive and that we're listening twice as much as, 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 we, as we're talking. And that's, that's, as my grandmother might say, God gave you two, two ears and one mouth for a reason. You're supposed to listen twice as much as you talk. Listen to communities. you listen to them, it's amazing uh, what that grandma on the porch can tell you not only about crime in that community, but about ways in which you might be able to successfully address those issues. Uh, but that's what policymakers should do. Uh, we don't need a helicopter. Uh, the mayor doesn't get a helicopter, former chief. I don't, I don't want to be I don't, I'm a chief cop. We have an amazing police chief. We, we need to make sure that he and his team, that they have the resources to do their job, uh, that we trust them, that we hold them accountable, but also that we stop them because they, they have probably the very toughest job in the community.
1: Being of communities, how do you guys, and this is gonna to go to both of you, but maybe you can start first, maybe Dyer, Mayor Dyer, talk uh, how do you see the rising attacks and racism against Asian American communities? As I know the Fresno police put out a statement, last week about increasing its patrols uh, in areas with a larger Asian population. What's going on and what can be done about it? Mayor Dyer, why don't you go first?
0: Well, frozen, we're a very, very diverse uh, community, whether it's our Asian population, Hispanic population, Punjabi population. And any time uh, you have an attack on a um, particular group of people based on race, uh, very, very disturbing. Violence in general is disturbing, but when it is, um, unsolicited targeted on innocent people, simply because of the race, uh, it's unacceptable. And so the, what can be done and what has to be done, uh, is just like our police chief did send out a message to all of our community uh, that it won't be accepted, making sure for those locations where our, uh, Asians are, uh, frequenting. We have a very, very large Hmong population in Fresno. The Uh, largest population in the United States of Hmong. And so, um, when you talk about Asians, it's, it's, it's Cambodian, it's Hmong, it's uh, Chinese, it's Japanese. People don't distinguish between the various Asian groups. So wherever they are, we want to be. And we want them to know that they're not alone. Uh, We won't tolerate this. We're, we're going to have an increased police presence at those locations in, in which they frequent. Um, and that could be from Asian massage parlors to, uh, various, uh, events that, uh, involve our Hmong population, but we want to be there for them, with them, and to let them know that they're not alone. Um, and when we do apprehend people, uh, that have committed a, a violent crime against one of these people based on race, it's important that we prosecute those folks federally, uh, for a hate crime and to make sure that, that we're sending a message to. Uh, those people in our community, uh, not only will it not be tolerated, but there's severe consequences uh, for perpetrating a hate crime.
1: Mayor Benjamin, got anything to add to that?
2: Absolutely. No. Thank you so much for the for the question, and I think it's so important that our Asian American community understands that we stand with you at this incredible moment. Uh, in in time, we've seen uh, hate crimes uh, increase significantly. Um, Asian American hate crimes, uh, anti-Semitic. Um, um, uh, crimes uh, also uh, peaking over the last uh, few years, uh, and it's not—it's not who we are. I mean, we're we're in the heart of the American South, but we are a cosmopolitan microcosm of American society. We have citizens now from almost every one of the 194 sovereign nations of the world, speak 90 different languages here. Uh, we are an amazing um, a melting pot of what of what of what America is supposed to represent. Uh, An assault against any one of us is assault against every one of us. And we've got to make sure that, as as Mayor Dyer said uh, just now and also previously, that when people commit these crimes, we must hold them accountable. We passed a hate crimes ordinance here in Columbia uh, just two years ago, and we're pushing now one through the state legislature. So we'll finally have a a hate crimes law at the state level. Uh, But in lieu of that, uh, we need to prosecute these crimes uh, federally uh, uh, in the meantime uh, as well. Uh, we've got to stand with our Asian American citizens and everyone who might uh, deal with the blunt, uh, with a blunt of racism or anti-Semitism or other type of, of hatred. Uh, it's who we are, and I think um, and who we aspire to be.
1: We've got time for one last question, and I wanted to ask both of you this. So you may have heard that a new president was elected recently. Uh, do you have and Mayor Dyer? You mentioned, you know, use of federal prosecution. What hopes do you have of, of how the Biden administration might be able to affect policing and enforcement and crime uh, going forward? How can they do it at that level when you guys are down here on the ground actually dealing with it?
0: Well, I think it starts with making sure that we do have the, the resources and the support here at the local level. The mayors are the ones closest to the people. And um, this American Rescue Plan is a really good start. Uh, Because I can tell you, absent uh, those dollars coming to us locally, uh, it would have been a very, very difficult um, budget to be able to manage this coming year. In fact, we'd have been facing a significant deficit. And so those dollars are going to help us to make sure that we have the resources in place uh, throughout city government, but uh, specifically in the police department, uh, to make sure that our officers uh, are equipped. Uh, and that they are able to go out and do their job. So that American Rescue Plan, as uh, Mayor Benjamin talked about, is vital for us at the local level, which is why I went out publicly and and supported it. And quite honestly, uh, you know, there was a lot of criticism uh, from the Republican Party about me doing that. Um, But I felt it was important uh, to the people in our community uh, from a number of fronts, but uh, public safety being one of them. And uh, the other thing is to make sure that we're able to Uh, take advantage of the resources that the federal government has, whether that's the the FBI, ATF, uh, the U.S. uh, Attorney's Office, um, all of those organizations we work with, I've worked with uh, over the years, partnered with them. uh, You know, when you can join forces in local law enforcement, state uh, law enforcement, and federal law enforcement resources, and then have state and federal prosecution, Uh, you can really have an impact on violent crime in your community. So it's important that the president, um, and I know he recognizes that. We worked with him when I was uh, uh, vice president of major city chiefs uh, organization. We worked with uh, vice president Biden at that time. So I know he gets it and uh, he's going to be the one to support us here at the local level.
1: Mayor Benjamin.
2: I know we're... uh so I'll say this, um, I agree with everything Mayor, Mayor Dyer just had to say, it comes down to partnership. Uh, the, the reality is that uh, every city um, while we have some similarities, we can also be very different. So having the latitude and resources to address our problems in a very precise way, uh, uh, the, the resources coming through the American Rescue Plan. I, I will tell you, I'm excited about the leadership of Judge Garland uh, at the Justice Department. And I think we're going to find the partnerships that helps see some of our dollars that we send to Washington every April 15th. Uh, be repatriated back to our cities so that we can actually continue to do the, the, the work that the mayor and our council chiefs and, and law enforcement officers need to do. I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic about the leadership of the Biden-Harris administration, very optimistic.
1: Well, unfortunately that's all the time we have today. Thank you, Mayor Jerry Dyer and Mayor Steve Benjamin for speaking with me. Uh, there was an alarming lack of conflict between the two of you, but we'll work on that for next time. Uh, and uh, and thank you for joining us. Uh, tomorrow at 10 a.m., join Washington Post Live for a discussion with Water.org founder Gary White and co-founder Matt Damon, some actor guy, about water and climate conservation. I'm Tom Jackman, and thank you for watching Washington Post Live.
0: Thanks for listening. To hear more interviews from this series and other Washington Post Live programs, visit us at WashingtonPostLive.com.